Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 what's going on? Welcome back to the YouTube channel and the podcast. Sal Vetri here, and today we're talking about some busts, some running backs. They're busty. I don't want them. I don't want anything to do with them. We had to do not draft running backs, right? And those guys, I just don't want to draft. But I'm not going to go as far as to declare these guys busts. They're going to fall flat on their face. No, those guys are based on ADP, your average draft position. So those are the types of the guys that I look at and I go, you know what? I'd rather take a wide receiver here. I'd rather go tight end here. I'm just saying that not touch these running backs, but somebody else can get them. And honestly, if they do good, I can see that happening. They're just not my cup of tea based on where they're being drafted. Maybe they're overhyped, right? But that doesn't mean that they're necessarily a bust. It just means that they're not really, not a lot of meat left on the bone for the pick that you're getting them at. Whereas the guys that I want to talk about today, I think they're just flat out busts. And no, it's not the guys behind me on the screen. This is just the, the running back profiles we're going to touch on in a second. But we're going to talk about busts today. So welcome. If you're into busty things, it's probably the video for you. And you can probably disregard that comment, but I'm feeling loose today. So whatever it might be, video in the afternoon, usually do them in the early morning. So there is many cups of coffee in this system of mine. So hopefully you're all enjoying your day. Hopefully all you sit back right now, crack your knuckles, do what you got to do, relax your neck, your shoulders, let them lean a little bit, rock back. Now let's talk about some running back busts. But before we do, before we do, hit the like button big one right there in your face. And then also hit the subscribe button. Big one pops up on the screen. I really do appreciate that. That helps this channel grow a ton. If you listen on the podcast, $50 giveaway every single week for one person a week who reviews the podcast. Since I've been mentioning this, people have been reviewing it more, but still only like five to six people a week do it. So that's pretty good odds for free to review it, right? You don't got to risk anything. This isn't normal gambling where you got to put $20 on something to win maybe 50 bucks or 20 bucks back, right? Whatever it might be, you're putting $0 up for a pretty good chance of winning 50. So go do that if you're on the podcast, or if you want to go from YouTube to the podcast, it's linked down below. Below the Sal Vetri show on all platforms, leave the review over on iTunes. And what you're seeing over my screen right now is the Fantasy Sports Focus Supreme Draft Guide. This is the running back profiles that we're going to be discussing. A couple of players who I think are bust today. We'll go through some of this. I'll put some pop-ups on the screen so we can check all that stuff out. This is the Supreme Draft Guide. It is out. It is only $10 thanks to one monkey knife fight, but a limited time offer only. So if you're watching this, it might almost be up. So be sure to check it out down below in the description. Once you deposit $10 and you play in one of their contests, you can just put two bucks into a contest. They'll actually then give me your email and say these people did it. Give them the draft guide you get the draft guide bunch of stuff rankings you know sleepers busts player profiles like you're seeing here a bunch of stats my key stats databases all of that stuff check it out down below just ten dollars if you are eligible so with that said let's get into this one starting with my first bust the first bust of the night for all of you a man that goes by the name of raheem mostert oh my god sal he ran for four touchdowns and 200 whatever yards against the green bay packers that's exactly why you think this guy is better than he actually is let me tell you something right now do you know that Raheem Mostart is 28 years old? He's actually older than 28. He's a couple months into that 28th year of age. And honestly, if you're sitting there and you're maybe 40 years old yourself and a nice crisp 40 out there, you're still fresh, you're still clean, right? But you're coming out and you're saying 28, this guy is pretty young. But if we're talking about running back years, right? We're talking about the years of in the NFL. Normally people say, ah, at the age of 30, these guys start to break down. It's honestly 28. And 26 is where it gets sketchy for teams to start signing them to another contract. You look at Melvin Gordon last year, got a couple year contract with Denver, but even that's a sketchy age. Really, your prime as a running back is you come out of college, you're 21 to 25 years old. And then, yeah, you can extend your prime if you're very good for another two years or so, but you start to really break down. And there can be spike season, Mark Ingram last year, Steven Jackson had a couple of spike seasons into his 30s, right? Those types of performances. But those are guys who had a proven track record. Mark Ingram has had a proven track record, a Heisman winner out of Alabama and has succeeded in this league for a while now. You go and look at guys like Steven Jackson's proven track record his whole time with the Rams. And now you look at Raheem Mostar, I don't see the proven track record. He's going 
going to be 28 and a half year old when the season starts. And that's an age where I'm going, hmm, scratching my head. I've seen this guy for two months, two months put up production. And, and don't get me wrong, he put up a lot of production. Let's put some of the stuff on the screen right now, some of the stats that I've gathered for your purposes today. 36.4% of the snaps in 15 games last year. And that's because, well, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, Jeff Wilson, all these guys were there and they were, were rotating them all in. Raheem Mozart never really took on a featured role, honestly, until the last couple of the games of the year into the playoffs. He ran 137 times for 772 yards and 10 touchdowns, and he caught 14 of 22 passes for 180 yards. Now, there's a lot of things to break down here. He only saw 10.1 total touches per game, but again, this was a loaded backfield. Matt Breed is not there anymore, but they still have a lot of guys out there. I mean, you still have Jeff Wilson, Tevin Coleman, of course, Jarek McKinnon. They they signed an undrafted free agent into Michael Hasty, who they're already raving about. But Mostert was fantastic for those two months, right? And this is why everybody likes him. And this is why people are arguing with me that he's a top 20 running back and a top 25 running back. Oof, uh, he's barely cracking my top 30, and he's a bust based on this video for me. But he was number one in true yards per carry last year at 5.3. That's good. Number one in breakaway runs of 15 or more yards. That's really good. Number four in yards per touch. He was just very good last year, but he played in an offense that ran the second most times per game only behind the Baltimore Ravens. And he played in an offense that had one of the best defenses, top two in the entire league with the New England Patriots, depending on what metrics you're looking at. Last year, total secondary play was number one in the league. And he got to enjoy the fourth best game script because of that defense. So what does that mean? It means that, well, for running back purposes, they were either tied or leading in those games. And that's just what the game script is. Positive game script is when you're leading the fourth best. So he actually got to be in situations where his team could run the ball more, right? And he had more opportunities in that regard. But I've seen two months, two months. I'm supposed to now automatically assume that the previous seven years of his career trying to battle to get on teams, barely making teams. And I, and I applaud, I 100% applaud the hard work to get to this point to actually break out. But I'm not going to say that it sustains. And I'm not going to count on the fact that they had a great defense last year, which if you have looked the past couple of years and just historically think the Bears defense, uh, think about the defense from the Jaguars. You just get natural regressions from defenses. On average, the number one defense drops seven spots the next year. So natural regression is already built in for this defense. Another year older for Richard Sherman. They obviously lost some big players in their free agency period on the defensive line. Joe Staley retired. And yes, I know that they went out right after he retires and they get Trent Williams trading in the draft from Washington, but that's cohesiveness, right? That is just knowing your offensive line. Joe Staley been there for a while. Trent Williams, although he's good, and I think Trent Williams is a very good offensive lineman, I don't think he's going to be as good as Staley right off the back, mainly due to just knowing your other offensive lineman, your quarterback, that room, especially with the whole pandemic this offseason. And then not even to factor in, I have no idea what Jarek McKinnon looks like. I have no idea what he's going to look like. But if he's at least on the field and ready to play one game, that's more than last year. Tevin Coleman, after dealing with injuries a while last year, missed two games, but dealt with injuries all year long for the most part. He's going to be healthy. And yes, Jeff Wilson's still hanging around. They gave him another uh, extension for, I believe, a year. Yes, they signed an undrafted free agent. So this is still a loaded backfield where I get it. Raheem Mostert, the last five to six weeks, was balling out. But I'm supposed to assume that he's going to once again be the number one running back in efficiency, right? That's what it took last year. He tied with Aaron Jones and Mark Ingram as the highest touchdown percentage. All of these things are due to regress. But yes, the volume might come up. But I also don't think that that's going to happen based on game script dropping, defense getting worse, and all these running backs in the backfield here. I think this team throws more this year, believe it or not. Debo Samuel getting hurt, another indicator that they might not have good game script, another huge weapon for them getting hurt, and now having to solely rely on one George Kittle, which that's fine. But then rookie wide receivers in Brandon Ayuk, uh, second year wide receivers in Jalen Hurd with Debo going to be out for potentially, people say only one or two weeks, but a lot of updates, especially from Dr. Chow, say that four to six weeks is a major possibility for him. So all the things that we've said, like he was fantastic last last year, but a lot of it, a lot of it is skewed down to the fact of what he did in the postseason. And I get it. The last month of the season, he was balling out. The yards per uh, touch was up there. But the end of that run in the postseason into the playoffs, uh, potentially in the Super Bowl, two undrafted free agents, all this story really propped up Raheem Mostert. Now, he's still a top 30 running back for me. He's being drafted around RB 26, 27. I have him at RB 29 right now, but he's just not a guy I want. Like if he's on the board and he's the last running back left, I hope that I've already drafted 
probably three running backs at this point and feel good about not touching him at that point. I'd rather have Kareem Hunt, Cam Akers, Mark Ingram, all these guys ahead of him before getting to a him start. And I'm just tapping wide receiver there. And I'm tapping maybe a high end tight end or quarterback, but more than likely just tapping wide receiver or choosing another running back over him. Now let's see what the 49ers did in the off season that maybe helps or hurts Raheem Mostar. We talked about some things. They got Trent Williams, but Joe Staley retired. I think if anything, that actually hurts the offensive line in general. Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Don't really think that changes much. In the NFL draft, they go and get Brandon Ayuk, a wide receiver. Doesn't change much for Raheem Mostar, but the fact that Debo Samuel is hurt, I think hurts the entire offense in general. They got Colton McKivitz, an offensive tackle in the fifth round. So if anything, I guess you can say draft capital and a draft pick for the offensive line is always a good thing. But Matt Breed is gone. That's a good thing. But now Jarek McKinnon's coming back after maybe not playing in two years now. What does he have left in the tank as a very a good spark score metric and speed score and just 40 time? All those things for McKinnon in terms of athleticism really shine out well ahead of Raheem Mostert, who ran a 4-4-2, which is good speed when he ran it about six, seven years ago. But in terms of agility, nothing special. In terms of overall athleticism, undrafted free agent out of Purdue, nothing special either. Now, the other major thing is that he does have some injury concerns and a ton of them. Hamstring injury in 2016 derailed the season. Shoulder injury in 2017 derailed the season. Missed eight games in 2018 with a fractured arm, and he had a knee sprain that kept him on the injury report for five weeks last year, although he was never missing any major time. He just missed one game last season. What does the backfield competition that I've already alluded to look like? Yeah, it's a scary one. You have Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinning, Jeff Wilson, as of right now, undrafted free agent. Jermichael Hasty is still on the roster that can take on a Matt Breida type of a role if he ever needed to. Nice pass catching option. But Tevin Coleman, 2019, 41.2% of the snaps. He ended up seeing 137 carries, as you can see on the screen, 544 yards and a touchdown, 21 receptions on 30 targets. So look, Tevin Coleman's just a downhill runner. He's just going to run straight downhill. He's not going to be a cut type of a guy, one cut and then go, right? He's not going to dance a lot. So, I mean, that has its good and its bads, but he's a better pass catcher probably than Raheem Mostert at this point. And he just sets up contract wise and age wise to at least have a good role or even be the lead back in this offense. And you can get Tevin Coleman in terms of running back rankings that's going off the board right now, ADP wise, like six to 10 running back picks later. Uh, Based on ADP, I much prefer Tevin Coleman right now. You have Jared McKinnon. I have no idea what he's going to look like, the former Minnesota Viking. I, I could not tell you a single thing based on back-to-back season ending injuries. There's not much to really go off of here, but the fact that they still have him on the roster and as of right now, they plan to use him and saying that he's starting to look good. That's just not a good thing for him. Most start. And another guy's coming in now that just wasn't there last year, even if Matt Breida is now gone. Jeff Wilson always lurks around, especially around the red zone last year. So there's a lot here. Kevin Coleman, it should also be called out that this is the final year for him. So it's a contract year. Motivation for these types of guys is huge, especially when you're this old of a running back, or at least relative to the new guys coming out at ages of 20 and 21 and 22. Contract year for you. If you have a good year this year, you're probably not getting a ton of great offers. You might get though a two or three year deal for a decent amount of money. If you don't do good this year, you're not even going to be signed. And maybe you get a nice one year, like three or $4 million deal. The types of deals that you're seeing being signed right now by Carlos Hyde and Devonta Freeman, who as of my recording, hasn't signed a deal. Lamar Miller's right. Those types of guys at this point is what Tevin Coleman's trying to avoid. There's a decent gap in there of, okay, maybe you'll get two to $3 million and only half of that guaranteed or double or triple that you'll end up getting with double or triple that guaranteed. If you can have a good contract season, that contract was a two year, $8.5 million contract with 4.55 base salary due this season. So big year for Tevin Coleman, another factor knocking against Raheem Mostar. So at the end of the day, this is just a running back that we've never seen do anything before outside of a month and a half to two months last season. He's going to be 28 and a half years old when the season starts with no pure athleticism that I'm supposed to be jumping up and down for. He did it in a small sample, which he was good. And I'll give him credit for that, but he did it in the over exceeded himself and touchdown rate, the highest in the league, true yards per carry, the highest in the league, offensive line likely going to be worse defense, likely going to just naturally get worse. And now you already have injuries to the offense in general when it comes to Debo Samuel. I'm not liking Raheem Mostert. He's going to be bust. He's busty. All those types of things do not draft this guy this year. Next up is Marky Mark himself, Mark Ingram. And look, I like Mark Ingram a lot. 
Heisman winner, Alabama guy. He's been in the league and he's had a lot of success, but I'm not going to like 31-year-old Mark Ingram. Look, he's 30.6 years old, as you see on player profile behind me. By the time the season starts, he's going to be closer to, and he already is closer to, 31 years of age. Obviously, they drafted J.K. Dobbins. If you're not familiar, maybe you're just getting back into the league right now. Ohio State running back. We'll dive deeper into him when we actually talk about this backfield competition back here, but obviously, they draft a a high draft capital second-round pick in Dobbins, who is arguably the best running back in this draft. In terms of total package, I think he was right behind Jonathan Taylor when it comes to your pass catching ability, pass protection, and actually pure running ability and the sample that we got in college, 300 carry seasons while at Ohio State. But Mark Ingram, 30.6 years old currently, the former first round pick out of Bama, he had a great season last year, but very much so like Raheem Mostart and Aaron Jones, who I've talked about in my Do Not Draft video, this guy was ultra efficient. And look, these guys might've been good picks last year. Aaron Jones was a great pick at the end of the second and really in that third round last year. Raheem Mostert was probably a free agent for you. Mark Ingram was probably a late round running back or a mid round running back. Those were great spots, but because of their ultra efficient seasons, they're being propped up now into just massive, massive different rounds. Aaron Jones in the first round, people are trying to take him beginning of the second. That's a huge mistake. You're betting on that efficiency to continue. And that just doesn't happen in the NFL. Similar things are happening for Mark Ingram and Raheem Mostert right around that fourth round of the draft, people taking them, even in the third round at times, people taking them as their running backs if a lot of running backs go off the board. And in my opinion, that's just gross. But let's look at his season last year and give credit where credit is due. 201 carries, 1,013 yards, 15 touchdowns, caught 26 of 30 targets for 247 yards. Okay, well, that's pretty good, right? But here's one thing right off the bat that just stands out. 15 total touchdowns on just overall 227 touches. That's not going to continue. A close to 7% touchdown, right? That's that's right up there with Aaron Jones that everybody says is due for regression. Right up there with Raheem Mostert that I believe is due for regression. He had five receiving touchdowns on 26 receptions. 19% of his catches went for touchdowns last year as a running back. If you see that number as a wide receiver, you're like, what the hell was going on here? That's the number that you're usually seeing for like goal line tight ends. So obviously this is due to regress. When you only see 30 targets and five of them are touchdowns and you only catch 26 and five of them are touchdowns, that's not going to continue. He was seeing just 15.1 touches per game and he still finished as the 10th overall running back because of those touchdowns. He only had 201 carries and he still had over a thousand yards because of the fact that this team was running so much. And look, he's going to benefit from the main guy himself, Lamar Jackson. Jackson being back there. When teams have to account, especially after just literally like two games last year, that Lamar Jackson is an elite and probably the best right up there with Michael Vick, rushing quarterback of all time, and might end up being the best guy after a couple more years. Obviously, Mark Ingram is going to have better running lanes. And can you imagine when J.K. Dobbins, and you saw what Gus Edwards even did, but when J.K. Dobbins gets to go next to Lamar Jackson behind those running lanes, it ended up allowing a 30-year-old running back last year in Mark Ingram to end up being number 10 in fantasy points per game. He was able on just 15.2 touches per game to break a thousand yards to have 15 total touchdowns, 10 on the ground, five in the air. So just insane numbers all around in a small sample size because of the fact that they were running the ball number one in the league. 37.2 rush attempts per game was number one in the league by a wide margin last year. He was number eight in red zone touches with 3.1 per game on just 49.8% of the snaps. That's fantastic. Fourth overall in touchdowns among running backs. Seventh in true yards per carry at 4.7. All of this behind the third ranked run blocking unit. So it's kind of similar to Raheem Mostart. These were the top two rush offenses in Baltimore by far number one last year. They were running behind top five and top three offensive lines last year. That's really good to be behind. In terms of game script, the number one game script for running backs was in Baltimore. Number four, like we talked about with San Fran for most start. So everything clicked 
So even when you get a 30 year old running back who's been good in the past, right? Former first round pick, Heisman winner, was good with the Saints, has been good since he's gotten to Baltimore. No elite talent and he's 30 years old. This doesn't usually happen. There's a lot of reasons why. The offensive line, the quarterback being the biggest one, right? The offense that you're totally around, you get better running lanes. So Mark Ingram naturally is going to do good there. But now you draft a second round pick and this is where you can see some of their additions after I just put up all those stats on the screen. Hopefully you took some of those in. And also worth pointing out right now when we talk about the additions and subtractions, Marshall Yonder retired. So similar to Joe Staley retiring, some of these best offensive lines in the two best running teams last year lost maybe their best offensive lineman. Yonder for sure for Baltimore. And I would say Joe Staley probably for sure, unless you want to argue somebody else if you're a San Fran or an offensive line guru at this point. But I would say Joe Staley on the San Francisco offensive line, at least when you're talking about experience as well and skill set. So they signed Matt Skure, they tender him in free agency and they get another guard in DJ Fluker. So that doesn't really replace Yonda. They tried to replace Yonda in the draft, as you can see right here. They take Tyree Phillips in the third round, who is arguably a very high second round pick option, but he falls to the third. And then Ben Bredesen in the fourth round. So that's where you're going to try and replace Marshall Yonda. They take J.K. Dobbins in the second round. Mark Ingram has an option after this year. So I think Ingram is going to still be in play this year, but nowhere near as much. Gus Edwards was productive last year. We'll talk about him in a second. J.K. Dobbins coming out is going to have a role in this team. He just makes the team better, in my opinion. He is a better running back right now, J.K. Dobbins, at his age, being literally nine years younger than Mark Ingram is. And I know Mark Ingram is coming off of a huge season, but that's more of the system. We can say last year, Mark Ingram, like people like to say Tom Brady, although I don't believe it, is a system quarterback. Mark Ingram last year, if anything, was a system running back. And just like any other system, you can plug and place better upgrades into it, and the system's going to get even better. Shout out J.K. Dobbins. Speaking of the devil himself, J.K. Dobbins, three years playing at Ohio State, second round pick, pick 23 overall in the second round. He's 21 years old. He's 5'10", 217 pounds. We can look at some of his stats while he was there in 2019 and then his overall career right here in the Supreme Draft Guide. Link down below, banner on the screen. Get it $10, limited time only right now. Get all the rookie running backs profiles, all the rookie receivers, all the rookie tight ends, all the rookies get caught up to speed on them as well as a ton of veteran players as well, of course. Get ready for your draft, beat your league mates. They don't even know who these guys are when you're drafting and you'll have detailed profiles on all of them, where they rank compared to other rookies, where they rank at their position and overall. I got all that covered for you. I did the work. You just go put $10 in the monkey knife fight, play a game for two bucks, do a little gambling, have some fun on there with the player props and bam, you get the Supreme Draft Guide. But anyways, 2019 stats, 301 in carries. Love the sample size. You get to see that he actually can handle that and do good with it. 2,002 yards, 21 touchdowns. And this is against good defenses in Michigan, in Penn State, in Michigan State, right? Minnesota. He has to play good defenses. Wisconsin. He's playing these good defenses while he's at Ohio State in the Big Ten. Catches 23 of 28 targets last year. Those are good numbers as well. 7.6% target share. He was number one in runs of 15 or more yards. Number four in yards after contact. This guy right behind Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion, was the best complete running back in this draft. And he just went to the number one rushing offense and the possibly best landing spot ever in dynasty formats. This is going to be great. And just season long redrafts. I think JK Dobbins is a fine pick this year. I'd rather have him at his ADP than Mark Ingram. His Ohio state career. He ran 726 times. He had three 1000 yard seasons. He caught 71 of 84 targets. Just in general, I think that this guy has a lot of upside. You can look at just the pros and cons right here in the green one cut runner, 20 plus catches all three seasons, strong speed and power back. The only downside, he was not great after the catch, but it's hard to find many flaws after that. It's literally what I wrote here because there was not a lot. And this format will be a little bit different. We're going through page by page uh, and formatting them right now. If you, for some reason, did not like the tint of red you saw there. But anyways, we'll get back to the man of the hour himself. And honestly, the man that you don't want to be drafting this hour. Gus Edwards is back there. He played 34% of the snaps last year. Carried the ball 133 times. 
711 yards and two touchdowns, got seven balls on eight targets for 45 yards. Gus Edwards had a huge red zone role as well. And I think J.K. Dobbins slides into that and is the enhanced Gus Edwards this year, with Edwards having a, a little bit of a third uh, running back role in this offense. The durability of Mark Ingram, look, he's 30 and a half years old. You got to start to question it a little bit, but he's been pretty durable. He's missed five games since 2015. Four of them came in 2015 with the rotator cuff. He tore that. And then he missed a game last year with a calf strain. So he's been pretty durable. He's been very durable, actually. But there's always that concern. He was suspended in 2018, only played in 12 games, if you remember that. But there's always the concern. You're going to be close to 31 years old. You're going to turn 31 this season. And now I want to play you when they just drafted a running back in JK Dobbins in the second round, who's a better running back than you at this point. So for me, yes, I have him ranked as like my 27th or 28th overall running back. I think Mostart's one spot behind him. But just like Mostart, when I get there, I better have already definitely taken two running backs without a doubt. If you've been following my rules, if you have the draft guide, you're taking two running backs before they get there. Hopefully you've taken three running backs at that point before it gets to these guys. And if not, well, then you just wait a little bit longer and take some guys at value in the mid rounds that you can see in my rankings. But we're not taking Mark him. We're not taking Raheem Mostert. These guys are busty. Let your league mates draft them and go, oh, Raheem Mostert, you guys let him slide to the fourth round. Oh my God, he had so much rushing yards against the Packers in the playoffs. Yeah, cool guy. He's going to go sit on your bench midway through the season because he's going to be in a three headed monster committee. Oh, Mark Ingram went for a thousand yards and 15 touchdowns last year. How'd you guys let me get him in the third round? Oh, the third round, bucko. Oh, you really reached on him because you know what Mark Ingram's not going to do this year? Exactly what you just told me he's not going to do. JK Dominance, bombshell in your head. Goodbye. So those are my two busts this year. Look, I have do not draft running backs. We gave you like three or four of those in the other video. I can't tell you not to draft everybody. There's obviously good running backs or average ones. I'll give you some honorable mentions though. Similar to my do not drafts, Marlon Mack and Carrion Johnson. They're just going to be in backfield by committees. I love Jonathan Taylor. As you've seen, I've made individual videos on Jonathan Taylor. If I like him that much, it means I'm not going to like Marlon Mack for many reasons that I've talked about in those videos. And then Carrion Johnson, DeAndre Swift drafted there. You have a really bad defense there, so they're going to have to pass the ball more, and they're set up to pass it very well with TJ Hawkinson, Marvin Jones, and Kenny Galladay, and obviously Matthew Stafford. And then you have just a ton of running backs. Carrion Johnson, DeAndre Swift, like they drafted, but they still have guys that they want to play back there as of right now, at least. I don't think they actually do, but both Scarborough, Ty Johnson. It's just a crowded backfield. A bad defense likely means bad overall game scripts for your running backs. Not the greatest of offensive lines. It actually did improve. It was like top 12 last year, but they probably lost their best offensive lineman in the offseason. I don't want Kerry and Johnson. And then Keyshawn Vaughn. All these dynasty donkeys, and I'll call them donkeys. I don't even care, but all these dynasty guys and these gurus out there who who just soak over dynasty football. It's like a cult. It's absolutely insane. And I get it. Fantasy football is fun, but it's fake football. Uh, it's a ton of fun. I love playing it, but these guys are, are just trimmed to the bone. If you say one thing wrong about one running back in the dynasty rankings, oh my God, these guys' heads explode. But Keyshawn Vaughn gets drafted to, to uh, Tampa Bay. If it was Cam Akers, if it was Dobbins, if it was Swift, I'd be like, yeah, this is going to be really good. Like these guys are good. It's Keyshawn Vaughn. The guy can catch passes, sure. But it's Keyshawn Vaughn. Everybody starts rising him up their rankings. It's going crazy. Everybody loves Keyshawn Vaughn. I said it from the beginning, I think in my first rookie running backs video, like, all right, yeah, like this guy's okay. Like I don't really want him. I'm not going to prioritize him. Everybody's saying this guy's fantastic. He shoots up the rankings. Everybody gets off of their high rush of adrenaline and dopamine. He starts to fall down. And now Ronald Jones is the better play. And he clearly is the better play. So Keyshawn Vaughn, if he's not going to continue to drop and he stays right now where he is, I don't want Keyshawn Vaughn. Look, he might be a third down back. Ronald Jones has been good. Ron Jones is not good in pass protection, but if he changes that part of his game and entering into his third and fourth year into the league right now, similar to what Aaron Jones did with the Packers, changed his pass protection, got better at it. And now Aaron Jones is a premier back in this league. I think Ronald Jones could do that. He was good last year. He ended up catching more passes than we thought he would. He was very good on the ground in terms of true yards per carry and yards after contact, yards created. He was actually good last year. He has one thing that is not good, and that is his pass protection, which is going to hurt him if he doesn't improve that. But we think that Keyshawn Vaughn, a rookie with no mini camps and rookie camps, is going to come off the streets and be able to 
pass protect better than a guy who's been in the league for a couple of years for Tom Brady, or at least even if he is, we think Tom Brady's going to say, yeah, throw the rookie out there. I don't know about that. So Keyshawn Vaughn for me, at least in redraft formats is a bust uh, and I'm not going there. So thank you for tuning into this video. I had a lot of fun today doing these afternoon videos, got a little bit more energy pep in my step. Hopefully you're all having a great day out there. Please do hit the like button before you leave. Big ol' subscribe button pops up on the screen. I hope you enjoyed this video. And if you did, if you did, leave a five-star rate and review on the podcast. $50 giveaway once a week to you. And if there's a lot of you seeing this, and I'm sure there's going to be, the Supreme Draft Guide is out on my website, Fantasy Sports Focus. It's where you can get all these rookie running back profiles right here, all the rankings that I have, all my top 150s, all my tiers, rookie tiers too, individualized if you want to look at those. Bunch of stuff, key stats, lots more coming. Premium content all summer long will be added round by round strategies, lots of other stuff, my Scott Fishbowl drafts, and just a ton of strategy. So be sure to check it out. Get in there. Discord is also down below for free. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think about myself in the video, only if it's nice. Otherwise, you're going to be blocked and banned for life. So thanks for tuning in. My name's Sal Vetri. Subscribe, like before you go, share it, notification bell, all those things, and I will see you in the next one.